It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining us every Friday, because it's a Ferg Friday here on the show, Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. How are you, dude? I'm good. I'm good. So we're recording this on Thursday, about two hours before the draft starts, and Mm -hmm. really... I'm assuming Auburn has a chance to get things starting tonight on Friday, Um, but um, I think a lot of it's going to be on on Saturday. So if something crazy happens, like some team is obsessed with Schwartz's speed and they somehow get drafted in the first round, that's why we're not talking about it. (laughs) If, if, If Anthony Schwartz gets drafted in the first round, not only will it be really, really cool, um, I feel like, you know, everybody should just record a podcast on the spot. Just everyone. Just get your yeah. take out immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If that happens, I'll probably just put this up on Saturday <laughs> because it'll be <laughs> yeah, yeah. it'll be oh, worthy sure. of staying up later. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident we're not going to really have anything to recap. So, first thing, uh, you got you got retweeted by Bruce Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce is Bruce is supporting the observer. I, yeah. I appreciate him. I appreciate him. He's done this the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks a little bit more with the you know, whenever they would sign somebody and you'd have the scouting report. But yeah, the uh, the uh, out here supporting the Alan, the Alan Flanagan story that I wrote on on Thursday, which is which is pretty cool. Get some more eyeballs on it. Uh, so appreciate, appreciate the help, Bruce. He's retweeting stuff, though, that um, is behind the paywall, right? Yeah. You think I he, don't know. Is he a member? That means he's I don't know if he's that means that he's in it. Um, <laughs> you know, if he has if he has a, an account on there, it's 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 nothing that it's very identifiable by his by his email address. Um, but usually to go a little inside baseball, when coaches say, you know, they don't read stuff or, you know, stuff like that. Um, a lot of times what happens is they have an SID or one of their assistants or, you know, uh, uh personnel person somebody like that um they kind of run it through them basically and so they they have access and different they, they can get access if they want to so i don't know if bruce is back there but i appreciate him getting more eyeballs on the product either way yeah no i think that's great i think that's great so something i want to talk to you about is uh <laughs> uh did you see this story on saturday down south uh connor o'gara wrote it three days ago did you happen to see this uh, I did not. You have to inform me. So the the headline is post spring SEC quarterback rate, uh, ratings. Who would oh, you most want starting for your team tomorrow? So it's essentially mm-hmm. like a, a quarterback SEC quarterback power rankings. Right. Do you want right. one through fourteen? One being the best, fourteen being the worst. Do you want to guess where they put Bo next? Ten. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. There is a there is a pretty widespread belief, I think, nationally that, you know, when you have two years when you're a five star like Bo Nix was and you have two years where you don't complete over 60 percent of your passes and you have noticeable bad games, you're done. 
it's over. You can't get better. You know, it's like it's you know, even with the amount of turnover we've seen in quarterback in the SEC this offseason, there's a lot of people who just are just convinced that, you know, he's not going to get it done. And I think Bo will be better than that. But, you know, uh, people are just going to look at the numbers. They're going to eyeball the numbers and they're going to say, well, you know, if he hadn't gotten it this far, he might not get it yet. Not knowing that, you know, the one of the big things for Bo, if you want to talk about him specifically, is that this year he's got two quarterback developers coaching him now in uh, in Brian Harson and Mike Bobo. And I think that's going to make a difference. So how much of it statistically not sure his wide receivers are, are, are very, very young and inexperienced, but um, yeah, man, I don't think he's a bottom half quarterback in the SEC, but again, I'll be honest with you. I can't, I don't even think I can name all the quarterbacks in the SEC right now. Yeah. Yeah. A weird amount of turnover uh, above them at eight. They have Connor Basilak out of Missouri mm, and, and it's okay. just like, but if Bo Nix transferred to Missouri, he would start there. So like, right. I, maybe I'm off on that. A seven KJ Jefferson at Arkansas. I really don't know much about him. Haynes no. King at AM. I get the hype there. You know, I'm not right. I'm not buying it, but I get it. Emory Jones at five is interesting. I think Emory Jones has struggled for the same things that Bo Nix has. Yep. Um Miles Brennan at four. Oh, okay. 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 Bryce right. Young at three. I, I get the upside argument there. JT Daniels oh, yeah. at two. I'm fine with that. And and Matt Corral uh at one for Ole Miss. I, I'm fine mm-hmm. with I'm fine with the, the top three there, but after that, it's like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Emory Jones at five is really, really curious to me. It is, and some of those other ones ahead of him are pretty odd because, like, yeah, you're going on upside. Like, the problem with Bo Nix compared to some of those guys is that Bo Nix, is, Bo Nix can't get the benefit of the doubt here. You know, we've actually seen him. You can go all upside on some of those guys. Now, I wouldn't argue with Bryce Young. Bryce Young is very, very good. But, yeah. And he's in a guys, great situation. Oh, for sure. So, and so, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I think I think, but I think you're right with the thing with Basilak. It's like Bonex plays in Missouri. He's not having to play Alabama and LSU and Georgia. Well, he will have to play Georgia, but he's not having to play that schedule every single year. And that, you know, that that definitely could affect you. And um I it's just yeah, I think I think Bo's got a chance to improve. You can read those a list of those guys out there to me. It's realistic to say that Bo would be a top four, top five quarterback in the SEC by the end of the year. Absolutely, you know that's a that's not a murderer's row of talent he's going up against there. Yeah, um, but, yeah. I mean, but I think it's the numbers that are gonna gonna hurt him because people people are pretty locked in. Are we looking at this though through orange and blue glasses at all? I mean, not necessarily, Probably. not necessarily. You know that we're you know dying for Bo Nix to be successful, but just. We're around them all the time. We see yeah. how hard he's working, and we see the guys behind the scenes that are kind of, you know, pulling the strings and, you know, making mm-hmm. the gears grind and all of that to, you know, to make this machine start moving forward in a in an exciting direction. We get to see all that. And, you know, we get right. to, to hear Harson and we get to hear Bobo and, and all of these guys. Yeah. So I know I know what's going into Bo Nix's improvement more than I know what's going into Emory Jones's improvement. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, yeah, I do. I think I do think that's that's absolutely correct. I mean, I'll. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not biased in the fact that, like you said, not, you know, Bo Nix is successful or not. I mean, I'm still doing my job either way. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you do get it because you're, I mean, you're laser focused on this guy and his development. And I can't, t- I mean, I didn't even know who the projected starter at Arkansas was supposed to be this year. Right. So it happens. Yeah. So obviously you've talked very highly multiple times. And you've written a lot of articles, really good articles at, at the Auburn Observer about this, but you know, just since we're kind of comparing Bo Nix to Emory Jones, from a coaching standpoint, a quarterback coaching standpoint, 
Mm-hmm. Whose situation do you like more? Do you like uh, Dan Mullen at, at Florida coaching Emory or the, the tandem of Bobo and Harson coaching Knicks? Man, it's close. I mean, I think I would probably go with Mullen at this point just because he's got a longer track record in the SEC. Yeah. But, I mean, my Bobo produced some really good quarterbacks at Georgia. Um, Brian Harson coached some really good quarterbacks at Boise State. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just kind of how does that come together? At least with Mullen, you, you've seen it. You've seen it in the SEC for a longer period of time. But I think that's big. And, you know, I'm not one to – discount or discredit or anything like that to Gus Malzahn, but let's just be very honest here about it. Bo Nix is now working under a head coach and an offensive coordinator who were guys who played the position, who came up in coaching in college coaching by what they did as, as coaches of the position. That's not, that was not Malzahn's background, you know, and that wasn't necessarily the background of some of his, some of his assistant coaches either, um, you know, during his time at Auburn. So, I think that's going to make a difference because it is a different time. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, I think this is an offense that's going to be a little bit more beneficial to him as a quarterback. We heard him in A-Day say, this offense I can make, you know, I I feel like I can make, make my decisions a, a little bit more decisively. I feel like the options are there. Um, you know, I, I can be a little bit more, as he said, multiple with the ball in my hands and stuff like that. A lot of buzzwords, but I think there's, I think there's truth to it because this offense is built to give you a lot of different options. Whereas the Gus Malzahn offense, you know, I think the best way to describe it, and even in its all of its variations and tweaks over the years, is lethal simplicity. When it works, it can just wreck a defense, mm-hmm. right? But when it's not executing properly and defenses adjust to it, you know, it could, it could get grounded into the dirt pretty quickly. And so I think this one's going to be different because this is a different vibe from it. I don't think you're going to necessarily get the numbers that you did from the early days of the Gus Malzahn offense and this offense, but I do think the floor will be higher. You're listening to Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at BetOnline, the fastest and easy way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of it at BetOnline. Uh, also, with uh, the NFL draft, that's going all weekend long, or through Saturday anyway, with a, with a, bunch, of, uh, a bunch of prop bets and the Kentucky Derby is also on Saturday with the first leg of the Triple Crown starting. So, bet on the ponies. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game or into the race as teams prep for all of the competition. Head to the website. Use promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit for a 50% welcome bonus. That's at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us. So what's been going on at the Observer? I know we mentioned the the Alan Flanagan article that that Bruce Mm -hmm. Pearl retweeted what else has been going on yeah if you're listening to this on friday uh the mailbag went up today a lot of good stuff in there a lot of a lot of football uh topics a little basketball in there as well um you can check that out earlier in the week uh i did a 
rundown of every single scholarship player that went through spring practice at Auburn. Basically, I wrote a paragraph on all of them, and it was draft season, and you know, I kind of felt like I've been reading a lot of scouting reports and these like quick synopsises, synopses of uh, synopsis players. Yeah, synopsis. Let's go with that one. Um, and so I felt like, okay, what if we did that with Auburn? You know, and 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 kind of here's where these guys sit right now as they head into the summer and beyond. And so we did that, the offense on Monday, defense on Tuesday. Uh, we did a really, uh, I thought it was a really fun podcast earlier this week uh, for our subscribers with Alex Kirshner, split zone duo. We talked uh, about nice Auburn and, and Brian Harson at the national level and talked a little bit about Alex's, um, uh, what I would consider uh, a, a, an infatuation with Auburn from afar as a guy who, from Pittsburgh and went to the University of Maryland, but he's always had a soft spot for Auburn, so we talked to him about that. And Really good podcast. A lot of people seem to really enjoy it, so you can check that out, auburnobserver.com. $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to all of that on the site, and then everything else we do moving forward after you subscribe, we send it right into your inbox. Yeah, worth every penny. Absolutely. Absolutely. You and Painter do an outstanding job on Thank you. that podcast. I haven't listened to the one with Alex yet. I need to. I need to. I don't listen to that show as much as I should, but every time I do, I really, really enjoy it. Split Zone. Yeah, I, I think Split Zone is the best national college football podcast you can listen to, and the, the two guys that run it are, are, are good friends of mine. But I would still think it either way if they were just complete strangers on the internet. They they talk about college football in a way that I think a lot of people uh, can really identify with. It's smart. It's entertaining. And uh, they get into the weeds, which is which is something I know both of us like like to do from yeah. time to time. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So had a guess earlier in the week predicted Auburn to go five and seven. Do you see any chance that happens without a key injury? Um, it, you know, let, let's walk that out a little bit. Five and seven would mean, you know, if you're giving Auburn their three guarantee games for the most part uh, in the non-conference play, that means they're going two and six in SEC play. That means, you know, of South Carolina – of Mississippi State. He had them beat, oh. beating South Carolina and Mississippi State and losing right. all the other ones. So losing to Arkansas, losing to LSU, losing to A&M, losing to Ole Miss, losing to Georgia, losing to Alabama, yep. um, and losing to Penn State. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's possible, right? I mean, that's, that's if you're thinking that Auburn is going to, you know, have all this year one kind of struggle right off the bat. But I will say this of those teams that we just ran off right there, state Ole Miss, Arkansas, um, South Carolina, definitely. Um, you know, those are teams that you can kind of split it four and four this schedule. These are teams that Auburn is definitely more talented than, and you feel like if, you know, they have better, a, you know, more consistent play on offense and defense this year, they can, you know, they, they should be able to get it done. So, I mean, you're saying there's going to be two teams that are going to quote unquote upset you, which is definitely possible. You lost to South Carolina last year, but teams that you were definitively be better than. Um, and then you get to LSU and A&M. I think two teams that are really, really talented, but I think they both have their big question marks um, for several different reasons. Yeah. And then Georgia and Alabama, but Georgia and Alabama at home, you know, sure. Penn State, I mean, if Auburn can kind of get clicking early, I wouldn't rule them out of of, of that Penn State game in week one. But yeah, I, I, or I'm sorry, week three. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's possible, right? If you know Auburn is really like this is a reset, this is getting everything kind of rolling again. And I just think when you look at the defense, especially when you look at Tank Bigsby and you look at the experience Auburn's got in certain spots, I think they're going to be too good to just 
lose to everybody they're definitely worse than uh, on paper. And on top of that, drop some games that they have no business losing in terms of just a talent perspective. I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. With no injury. Now, if Bo goes down week yeah. one or something, <laughs> yeah. or Tank has a hard time staying healthy, you know, that, that injury that he suffered mm-hmm. last year maybe comes back or he gets a new one. Like Then I'm like, okay, maybe. But like every other position, I feel really good about the depth there. So I, I don't right. know... You know, but it, assuming everyone stays healthy or no major injuries to somebody, I'm like, I have a hard time buying that. But Justin, there's a game that I'm feeling more and more cautious about, more and more pessimistic about, and there's a game that I'm feeling more and more optimistic about. I want to run that past you in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar on the entire planet. We now we're talking about Built Bar. Head over to builtbar.com. Check out all the amazing flavors that they have going on right now they've been pushing uh their new mocha flavor i've been getting a few emails about that Uh, i've had a few of those i haven't ordered a box of those before but very very good if you like that mocha coffee flavor all the bars covered 100 in chocolate they're all soft and easy to chew all very low in calories high in protein it keeps you full um and uh you don't feel guilty about it it tastes like a candy bar but uh it's uh it's Macro breakdown is very, very good. So go to BuiltBar.com, check all of it out. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at BuiltBar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Justin, I am feeling more and more pessimistic about Penn State, and I'm feeling Mm -hmm. significantly overly confident about going to LSU. I know. All right. I know. So which one do you want to start with? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the LSU one because I am – I, I can see where your logic's going to head you head you towards, but I must remember you. That place is haunted. Uh, yeah, especially for Auburn. Uh, for a <laughs> right. lot of college football teams, but especially Auburn. I, I don't know why I feel so good about it. I don't love the direction that Ed Orgeron has that program going since winning no. the Natty. Um, Absolutely not. I, it really seems like he lost a lot of that team last year, but had a lot of opt-outs and had a lot of dudes that are going to get drafted this weekend and all that stuff, and you know they didn't play. So that's that's something that, that every coach, with the exception of Nick Saban, is going to have to deal with when you lose a lot of NFL players. So that is something. But I just don't see a clear-cut rebound and bounce back from LSU. And then also, for, you know, from the Auburn perspective, I think... Harson is going to do a very good job, and I would say a better job than what Gus Malzahn did in regards to the storyline of you know you guys haven't won there since you know we we you know you've been alive kind of thing because that's mm-hmm. going to be a storyline. There's going to be a few articles that come out as like so and so was not alive when when Hopper last much won most there. Most everybody on that team, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's been 22 years. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So. I think Harson's going to do a better job of just ignoring the whole storyline of it all, and I think he's going to do a good job uh, from an emotional standpoint of getting the team in a situation to not care about that crap. So that, 
That's the one thing, kind of going off of that, that's the one thing I'm very interested in most about Harson and this change into a new era, game management. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always a thing that people ragged on Malzahn for in certain games, and then yet there were other games where, you know, he would outmanage, say, Nick Saban and end up winning the game out of it. So, um, but that that's the thing. It's like Auburn, there have been several times they've gone out of Baton Rouge, and if one or two things would have bro- broke their own way, sometimes of their own making, they would have came out and won. Right. I, I'm with you with the thing with LSU. Um, LSU is in danger because not only do they have a lot of stuff going on off the field, some very serious stuff um, that I think is going to affect things moving forward for them with Ed Orgeron. You're not sold that on them. You know, the one year where you felt like LSU, awesome offense, no doubt, keep it going, um, has been with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. Right. Neither of those guys are here anymore. And you're now switching both of your coordinators again, you know, or I'm sorry, not again, but you're switching both your coordinators in the same year, right? That is a recipe for disaster. Hello, 2012 Auburn. Correct. Um, so even though they're going back to kind of their roots, I don't think you can necessarily just say, well, we got the Brady guy and we got the guy who's kind of like, um, you know, who's done some things similar to Dave Aranda. We'll run it back. Um, LSU is really, really talented. They're going to have awesome players. The pure talent alone, they're going to be good like they've always have been. Right. Very interested to see what Brennan does with the quarterback. I'm interested to see how that offense goes because if they click, they'll be fine. And I think but Brennan's there's a okay. Lot of problems there. But I mean, Justin, how many times have we gone into the offseason? I mean, even dating back to Burrow, if I remember correctly. I mean, it seems like Brennan has been there for forever. I mean, yeah. and, and it's like, okay, this is the year, you know, that he's really. He's really going to turn it on. And how many right. times do we have to do that until he leaves? And then they like replace him no, with the guy with that's Kellen behind Mon. him. Yeah, we did it with Kellamon. You're absolutely right. So, now we're doing it with the guy behind him because that's just <laughs> that's just you know how this all works with offseason chatter. But I'm just not buying LSU this year. I think they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year, and I think Auburn's going to be better than they were last year. And Auburn ran all over them. Yeah. you know, a year ago. Now, yeah. the you know the, the whole aspect of okay, well you've got to go to Baton Rouge and do it. Obviously, that makes it tougher, but I've just got a weird feeling, and that's going to be, you know, the first SEC game of the Brian Harson era, yep. and I just don't see, the, the way Harson is wired, I just don't see him losing that game. There's too yeah. much on the line, it's too important from a legacy standpoint, from a momentum standpoint for the rest of the season, and either if you beat Penn State or not, if you beat Penn State and you go down to LSU and, and win, holy yeah. cow. I mean, that, that, it changes everything. And then you're going yeah. into Georgia, if I remember correctly. So then mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. You talk about having a fan base ready, and oh, you yeah. get your SEC home opener the following week against Georgia. And, I mean, that's going to be a fan base that is going to be absolutely ready to run through a wall because it'll be a lot of them, you know, a lot of the fans' first opportunity to be back in Jordan-Hare Stadium for, like, a real relevant game because, you know, most people didn't get to go last year. Right. And also... You know, I think at that point, you're probably a top 15, top 20 team if you have wins over, you know, road wins over Penn State and LSU. So, I mean, emotionally, that's a big deal. Then if you lose to Penn State, I think Harson Fields is back against the wall a little bit and says, okay, I definitely can't lose this game. So, I think you can make arguments for or against, you know, depending what happens earlier in the season for winning in LSU. So, that's where I'm standing on it right now. Yeah, I mean, and all that makes sense. I will just counter one thing you know the more i the more i cover auburn the deeper i get into my career doing this you know i love stats and i love the 
film and 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 just kind of being more analytical with yeah. the with the approaches to it. And 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 I think there's got to be more of that in college sport, college football especially. And and that's what I enjoy about it. And I like being being a part of that. However, there are some things innate about college football that you can just say like, as long as we talk in the off season, we can bring up all these numbers and all this data. And it's just like, okay, there's just weird stuff that happens. Number one. Georgia, Alabama, or just say an Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare Stadium period is going to be different. You can look at it on paper and say, well, Alabama should just should just kind of cruise to a win here. And yet it never really seems to feel that way, at least the last few years. I feel the same way about going out of Baton Rouge. There's just something about it. And maybe the change in head coach, maybe the change in culture, maybe all that will shake it off. But like... Like I said to begin with, man, place is haunted. The place is haunted. Right. Like there is some there is some Louisiana like, you know, football voodoo that hangs over that place whenever Auburn gets off the bus. I just <laughs> that's my thing where I'm just like, Ugh. but I get you it. know, I'm I'm with you though. I'm with you. I don't think I don't think LSU has this bounce back a lot of people are are, are talking about right now. As far as uh the Penn State thing, I think it's because yeah. and once again we're recording this before the first round starts, but um, I gotta feel I'm gonna be disappointed in the Patriots not taking a quarterback. I hope I'm wrong. We'll figure this out when people are listening. But I've been trying to hype myself up the last two weeks because I just feel like we're gonna draft Micah Parsons. Once again, I could be wrong. We'll see this on Friday. But um, so I've been watching like a ton of Micah Parsons tape, a ton of it, and I think like subconsciously that's been like, yeah, okay, Penn State's really good. <laughs> I think that's why. Penn State, Penn State's a good team, and they are in the blue chip ratio. Uh, they are very similar to Auburn in talent level. Um, they're kind of like a, they're kind of like in that mix of the Auburn, Florida, um, Penn State's in this uh, this this range uh, most years. That type of team that you're going to get in terms of the amount of blue chip talent on their roster. Um, the thing with Penn State that I've been very curious at uh, looking at with this game is that. If it's close, I don't trust James Franklin at all. Um, I think there's very, very well-founded reasons um, to to not trust him in close games. Um, you know, I think Auburn, on the whole, is a more talented team than Penn State is. They might not have the experience factor. They don't have the continuity factor for sure. But yeah, I think it's one of those things. If 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 you want to go up and make a statement, and you are in it early. And you head to the four. If it's a four quarter game in Happy Valley with Penn State, not only do I think is that a you know believe in moral victories, but I think that's a win for you. But you could get an actual real life win because I just I mean, there's been a lot of Penn State games where you get them into the fourth quarter and it's like, buddy, what are y'all doing out there? So I think that's the one where there's a little bit of hope for that. But I think Penn State's going to have home field advantage. They're going to have experience advantage. They're going to have the continuity of their staff. Uh, you know, mostly coming back. And that's going to be a tough game. That's going to be a tough game. It is a first real test for Auburn in the Brian Harson era. So, yeah, I mean, I get I get it. But I think, you know, I think culturally and stylistically, um, Auburn and Penn State have a lot in common. Yeah. Not just as football programs, but as schools. And and um, so it's going to be very interesting kind of back and forth, I think, this home and home is going to be. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be a well fought, pretty evenly matched game. But I can see why you tend towards the team that has, you know, the head coach has been there for a while. That's got a little bit more experience uh, coming back, and they're playing playing at home. And I mean, if that's the first big game in Penn at Penn State since the pandemic, Whew. that's going to be a wild atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, I don't go to a lot of away games. I just don't typically enjoy it. But 
Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, gonna, I'm planning on going to Penn State. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I think a lot of Auburn fans are going to try to go there, and I don't blame them. I mean, that, I'm very much looking forward to that um, because, you know, there's been that run Auburn's had, you know, where everybody where Auburn fell in love with the fad of neutral site games. Now there's all these home and homes that we're seeing in college football moving up as as the neutral site games are kind of fading in importance. And so the fact that there is a Penn State home and home and there's some other good ones coming up here in the future. Um, yeah, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. I mean, you can you can get I always recommend going to LSU any chance you get to watch your team play in, in Tiger Stadium. It is a it is one of the best atmospheres, if not the best atmosphere for college football. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you when will you ever get to see Auburn play Penn State again? Maybe not in your lifetime. I don't want to be morbid, but like, yeah, it's not no, like I mean, you're right. Regularly. You're right. Like, yeah. A, yeah. My so. wife's family, they're all big 10 people. And so we've got, you know, some folks on her family. A lot of them are from Ohio State, but they got a few that, um, that went to Penn State. So that's going to be a fun, a fun family thing. I will talk so much smack on behalf of all of us. Don't you worry. So, uh, <laughs> Justin, give us a rundown one more time uh, how folks can sign up for the Auburn Observer, all the good stuff happening there, all of it. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year gets you access to everything we got going on. Any new story we do, we do about three or four of those a week. And a couple of podcasts a week gets sent right into your inbox. Podcast we do on the weekend, usually on Sundays, uh, is free. Anybody uh, can go check it out and listen to it. Auburn Observer, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you subscribe, you'll get the premium one that we usually put up on Wednesdays or Thursdays. Wednesdays this week, like I said, was with Alex Kirshner, Split Zone Duo. We had that rundown of offense and defense on Monday and Tuesday. The Alan Flanagan story on, on Thursday that we mentioned earlier. And the mailbag on Friday. And we got a whole another week coming up with a lot of good stuff. So, Sign up, AuburnObserver.com is where you can get everything we got going on. That is Justin Ferguson. I'm Zach Blackerby. We'll be back on Monday right here on Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.